Welcome to Geeks Corner. I am Mr. Daps. I'm Katie. Katie, pop quiz. What sound does a sneeze naturally make? A chew? Wrong. Sneezes have no natural sound. It is a learned affectation based on the environment you're in. Really? Uh, Yep. In different cultures, there are different sounds naturally associated with sneezes uh, that completely different than a tune. It's just because that's what people do when they emulate other people. The natural sound of a sneeze is just an inhale and an exhale. <laughs> this okay. is really like a lot to process, more than other weeks. This, like this one's you know, really messing with me. It's it's more than other weeks, but some things always remain the same. Like my name, I'm Cameron. Use the hashtag GeeksHorner to talk at us. Uh, and if you want, you can also talk on the YouTube if you're streaming right there. We will be able to talk at you back, most likely, possibly from both. If so everything works, we will be great. And we're joined tonight by Doug Marsh, who's a longtime friend of mine and uh, the uh, writer behind 30 Years in Disneyland. I almost said 30 Years at Disneyland, and I had this moment of like, wait, we changed it. <laughs> 30 years at 30 years in I'm there. I was there back then, back then. uh, And, and 30 seconds ago, I was not in this studio. (laughs) I was starting to wonder, I was like, uh, Doug might be bumped till next week. We'll see what happens, but, uh, we're glad it worked out. And, uh, as you can see, things are a little bit different tonight. We're trying some different technology and, uh, and we'll see how this all plays out. Hopefully it's great. And I like it so far. You guys can let me know what you think after the show too. And, um, and uh, while we're at it, we're just going to give a big shout out to Roger, who's running our socials tonight over in, I don't even know what city you're in, Roger, but you're you're doing a great job and you've known Doug forever, too. So thank you. Um, we are going to start out tonight um, mixing things up just a little bit because we had breaking news this afternoon that ironically, I'm trying to remember who I told this to. But I remember it was a day or two ago, and I was like, oh, just watch. When they do the earnings call, all that's going to really be announced that's exciting is Shanghai Disneyland's going to open this month. And uh, and I was saying it very tongue-in-cheek, but I kind of was like, it, it kind of makes a little sense. And, and lo and behold, this afternoon on the earnings call, it was announced that on May 11th, Shanghai Disneyland will begin a phased reopening um, for guests to visit. Um, I'm going to just go around the screen, and I don't know if you guys are all seeing the same thing as I am. So I'm in the top left corner as I look at this. Is that, that what you guys see, too? And then Katie's in the top right. Yes. And then Doug's down left, right by the DAPS logo, and yes. then Cameron's bottom right. Okay, cool. I love oh, it when it works the same. See, this is already better than Zoom. True. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> other we than it was hard for Nancy backgrounds behind us. That is true. Actually, we can. There is a way to do it. We just haven't figured it out yet um i just got here so you'll figure it out maybe next month uh so katie what do you think about the reopening the phased reopening of shanghai disneyland in literally what is that six days six days yeah Uh, i think that what they haven't made as public is that they've been doing a lot of testing over the last couple weeks yeah um they have had uh cast members inside Shanghai Disneyland figuring all this stuff out. Um, and so it seems like it's very rushed. Uh, can you not hear me? I can hear you. Oh, we can hear you. Okay. okay. I was just responding on YouTube. I was getting nervous. You're good. Um, we were all being polite and attentive wow. and totally engrossed in what you were saying. Wow. That's a first. I'm not used to that. You're um, welcome. 
So now that I have your attention. Um, no, so I think that it, it seems a lot more rushed than it actually is. Um, and I do think that it'll be interesting to see what actually happens um, come May 11th. I know it's going to be reservation only, but I don't know if we're, I think we're going to kind of get a gauge of if people are going to flock to the parks when they reopen or if that's just not the priority right now. All right. Uh, Cameron, what do you think is going to happen? You see, the thing about a phased reopening is it's working under the assumption of a double fixed point. You see, beaming technology has been around for a long time. Teleportation works on the phase principle. Uh, and in order for a proper phase to actually happen, you have to assume empty space at both locations with enough uh, atmospheric density to be able to conform to whatever thing you are attempting to replicate in the same way a replicator functions. That's how they make food. Um, Katie, are so, you paying attention? This is important for Star Trek. I'm taking right. it. So, okay. Uh, I mean, there hasn't been a case of phasic madness since, I mean, the days of the 1701A at the very least, pre- probably previous to that. Um, so it's assumed that opening in this fashion is going to be just fine because the technology is sound. You just got to make sure your catalytic converters are actually properly set and they use isolinear chips uh, as the conduit for the technology. Uh, they use some other grid structures in the past, but it just never worked as well. Yes. <sighs> Doug, what do you think about Shanghai Disneyland reopening in six days? In six days? Well, you know, China's ahead of us in terms of where they are in in the curve. Yeah. So I am going to say as long as the health professionals are on board with it, then I am too. And who knows? Everything will be fine in the garden. (laughs) <laughs> and if, you, and if you know that pop culture reference now do you think sympathies now do you think this is really a uh, i mean not really but this was what three and a half months after it closed it closed was it january 25th that's the number in my head that sounds correct I, that's a shot in the dark that's just the number or the date that's in my head maybe completely somebody honest, can check for me i'm looking Thank you. So this is three and a half months. And yes, they are further along in their curve or their process or whatever it is. So that would, if we were to use that as a timeline for potentials of of domestic parks, that means July. Is that correct? Is my math correct? Roughly, yeah. Okay. And I'm not making any predictions with this because I don't think there's any predictions to be made as we heard on the earning calls today. They were very... uh, um, they were very direct that they don't have a direct date in mind. Um, January 23rd. 23rd. I was two days off. You were two days off. You were so close. So close. Um, but anyway, uh, do you guys, do you guys really, do you think this is a um, kind of a test run for what we're going to see here in the United States? I yeah. think so for yeah. sure. I think to a certain have, extent. Yes. I think they have some ideas for what is going to work and they're going to trial and error and figure it out. Yeah. Um, but I also don't know that they're going to follow the exact same timeline for domestic parks. So here's the thing I love about Disney is, uh, did I catch the, I wasn't on the call, um, but did I catch that they announced also today that they've already lost a billion dollars because of this shutdown? Yes. But that wasn't the story that came out of this. The story was Shanghai Disneyland is opening in six days. And I love that about Disney because they all brought it back to the magic. And um, and and then they also brought it. They just they did the magic first 
And then they came in and they did the warm blanket of here's our chief medical officer saying, this is how we're going to keep it safe. And she gave some, some tidbits on that as well. Um, do you guys have any thoughts on that? Uh, having a CMO is impressive. Uh, I think leading with science is the best strength they can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and that that is where uh, my ridiculous answer and other answers uh, to if it was appropriate timing agree in that they're both scientifically based. Um, as long as we're listening to the healthcare professionals and medical professionals that are actually studying it, we're going to be fine. But it's up to them and it's not up to any geopolitical opinion otherwise listen to the science please and it seems like they are um any other thoughts on all of shanghai and potential disney parks opening it someday i think the things that came out of the um uh well we know someday that 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 everything will be (laughs) everything open in one way or another yeah like this forever (laughs) yes not gonna stay like this forever but uh, I, you know, I, I find myself wondering if all the domestic parks will open at the same time because, you know, the states themselves are doing things in different ways. But the yeah. Walt Disney Company is its own uh, monolith Entity. to a certain extent. So that's another big question. And then, too, uh, as the different countries open, uh, will, will people want to travel to the different parks? Yeah. So just to, flipping the coin, basically, Walt Disney World or Disneyland first? Disney World. Disney World. I yeah. But it'll be Disney World because Florida's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> they also have you much, know, much... They, there's no such thing as California man on the internet. That's that, true. That is true. Yes. Uh, yes. They also just have so much more space to have social distancing. Right yeah. Which is something that uh, Anaheim is not so lucky to have. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, let's move right on because I think uh, this is going to be a story that continues on for the coming months and weeks. And there's going to be lots of questions. And even when the parks open, we aren't going to know what to expect. And um, that's really going to be interesting. And I think we were talking about it a month ago where uh, um, this very much is after 9-11 where we're looking forward into like what are the parks going to be like with new security procedures and protocols and all of those things and i think we're going to go into a whole new era like that um we are going to kick to the past though for a, a brief few minutes and uh 15 years ago today we heard julie andrews do that wonderful opening to remember dreams come true about 12 minutes ago if i remember correctly and uh, I don't remember, it was 9.30, I think, is when they were doing fire. It might have been 9.25, actually, as I'm thinking about it. But um, but we got to hear uh, her do that wonderful intro to Remember Dreams Come True. We got to see Parade of Dreams for the very first time, unless you're people like Doug that happened to show up and, and we'll let him share his story in a minute. Or um, And then also there was another parade. Does anybody else remember the second parade that, and, that came out on that day at... Uh, is it Disneyland Block Party, Block Party Bash opened today, 15 years ago as well. And and I still somewhere in this office, I have one of those little balls they'd throw at you. Um in the uh didn't they throw ball? Was that the one they threw balls at you? The little foam balls at the beginning of Block Party Pat Bash, and then they stopped doing it. Folks throw things at the uh, at me at the parks most times I go. No, so cast member thinking it was Pixar play, but then they um, made a mistake. No, I'm pretty sure it was. No, it? They they shoot water at you and play. <laughs> well, yes, yes, they did lots of that too. Well, 
Yeah. Anyway, uh, the fiftieth started fifteen years ago today, and that's such a fantastic thing to uh, uh, recognize and celebrate and remember because that was a. I think such. And Roger is confirming for me that yes, Block Party Bash did throw the balls. So uh, we got. It was a very special thing. Um, I don't know. Uh, I'll, Doug, I know was there. I'm pretty sure. Um, oh yes. And I, you were there I, in a media capacity at a higher level than I was. I, and, I saw uh, it all the day before, actually. Yeah, so you were there the day before. We just got <laughs> yes. the hotel the night before. It was the first thing Disney ever gave us. And uh, Katie, I don't think you were there yet because you were so how I wasn't old? alive. Okay. I was um, nine. You were nine. I, I don't know if you remember this, but the public was told that Disneyland was closed the day before so they could make final preparations. And we were all sworn to secrecy because they didn't want to have a lot of people trying to sneak into the park. But you can see the fireworks in my room. They they were hustling us from one place to another. And I actually just found my disc filled. There it is. Oh, that's cool. Of Uh, all the photos that I took on the 4th, 241 photos. That and is most so of them cool. are of Julie Andrews and Jingles, <laughs> I think. Because I you know, believe that when Julie Andrews is standing there mugging, oh, we lost Doug for a second. There you are, yeah. but yeah, <laughs> we're uh, getting... one, one point of order for correction. Um, Dame Julie Andrews, Dame. please. <laughs> I, um. I, she, uh, I, I never was not the courage to, to refer to her as a dame, but uh, our high lady dame Julie Andrews, <laughs> knightess of the realm of England, Wales, Scotland, and Northern Ireland. She now, was, was she time. in 2005? That's the question. I, oh, I yeah, think well, she was knighted in the late 90s, right? I, I don't know. I, I do know that one thing she was very, very proud of. Uh, you remember that she was the honorary ambassador. Yes. And she was very, very proud of the fact that they gave her one of those spiffy big ambassador pins. Oh, oh yeah. cool. She, yes. she loved showing that off to people. And she'd say, there is my pin. And she says, I get to keep this. So that she, she was very amazing. happy to get that. Um, Julie Andrews made a dame in the year 2000. 2000. So she was? Okay. Yes. Huh. That is weird. All right. Uh, well, Doug did get to see the Parade of Dreams, which to me was one of the highlights of the 50th anniversary. And and that parade, it I was thinking about it for how long Sensational ran. Parade of Dreams was really a short run. It was what, three right. or four years. And um, and you got to see it before just about everybody, Doug. And how did oh. that happen? Well, what what happened is it, you may recall. Now was Daps Magic. Um, posting things regularly in 2005, by 2005? In a very different fashion, yes. Okay. Well, there were there were sort of the big three websites, which was Mouse Planet, yes. MySage, and Laughing Place. And then there were, you know, the, the other websites. And everyone was vying to be the first ones to get actual photos of the Parade of Dreams. Yep. We had been shown renderings, and there had been occasional glimpses of, like, pieces of the parade being hauled backstage and things. One website actually posted someone outside one night shooting sideways through a gate, through the tunnel, and onto town square, and we were seeing bits and pieces of parade dancers and performers going by, including performers that were in half costumes and things, which the park wasn't happy about. So I I found out it was Friday. Uh, Let me see here. Oh, you got the date. 
Friday, April 22nd, 2005. Oh, cool. I was walking into the park. There's the disc right there. Wow. And to my utter shock and surprise, what I thought was the whole parade was lined up on Main Street. And there were dancers performing and people cheering and cast members savagely moving the crowd along. <laughs> keep moving, keep moving, keep going. And there were boom cameras moving up and down. And I finally figured out they were shooting the commercial for Parade of Dreams. Now, I thought it was the whole parade, but it was actually only about three or four units. But Do you remember which unit was out there? Okay. Uh, yes. The Well, <laughs> I found photos, of course. And I found... Uh, and now I, because we're on a completely new thing that I've never seen before, I don't know if I can reverse my camera. Can I? I don't know. Because do you want to see a couple of actual videos? It works. That were shot on that day. I'm 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 going to bravely try this. Let's see what happens. We're moving. We're going to see what happens here. Okay. As you do this, here. Katie just okay. saw this parade for the very first time. Do you see? Do you see that? Oh, yeah. Okay. Now, let me see here if I can. There we go. This was on the 22nd of April. Wow. That sounds about right. <laughs> wow. I have three short little clips here for you. So here comes the second one. Is that is that still? Oh, yeah, you're you're on. Like not, okay, here's the second one. I love the uh, jib. So they just had it in one spot, and they were doing the show stuff, huh? Yes, they they had it parked, and they were moving around and doing things. Huh. Wow. And then one more little clip here. I found I found a bunch of them. So they were really just the beginning of the parade. Re uh, yes, and um, and also this was this was shot on. Is are you seeing this? There yep. we are. Yep, it's working. This was shot on my Olympus camera, which had this incredible three minutes worth of video that you could shoot on it. That sounds about right, but you could only put yep. ten minutes up on YouTube anyway, so it was fine. Well, I had to choose carefully what I was going to use. And uh, I also took, I took photos that day. Let me show you this first one here. Is that it right there? That's okay, it. there you go. There's the sign telling you we are going to be shooting. So if huh. you don't want to be in the picture, go away. Or get away, yeah. And here is the wow. uh, lead float. And one of my favorite pictures from the day. Oh, that's fun. And here's another one. It's kind of fun. That was such a cool float, and, and I felt like it was always underrated. Yes, cast members hanging out between the shoot. 
And <laughs> even now, talk about behind the scenes. Here's something you would not see. Oh, getting the street, the wake face. Disneyland. And then these next three are just for you, Robert. Yes, it's the tech crew. Oh wow! The storyboard for the commercial. Huh. And uh, that that shows you'll want to see this one up close. I'm sure. And that would later. be all digital today. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah, today. And then here is uh, the either PAs or the director or someone oh, in there. Cool. They're they're dark intent. And then here they are. This is how it looked to them. This is really interesting to manipulate because I'm looking down over the side of right. the camera. The superior technology we have now. Do you remember this float? How well do you remember this one? Oh, I loved that float. I, I stood by it every Sunday. And do you remember thinking to yourself? That must be one of the most amazing audio animatronics. Because you remember, no, no, I didn't because I knew how it worked. <laughs> you knew how it worked. Well, I, I had friends. <laughs> right, right. A lot of people thought it was a, a highly sophisticated audio animatronic. But it was. Of course, the reality is there was a human being inside the front of that Absolutely. Float. And here's something I don't think you ever thought you would see. This is a little video clip that shows you how they get that guy in and out of there. Oh, that's cool. Huh. And, of course, I'm sure backstage they didn't have the black curtain, but because they were on stage... Yeah, they had to, they had to keep it they hidden. They didn't want to see a human being bursting... <laughs> Out of Simba's chest. So, there we go. And uh, last but not least, uh, last little video clip here. Come on, you can do it. Here it is. And there they are. Wow. Dragging in, I don't know, canvas or bathrobes or <laughs> trying to hide everything. Or something for Simba. So. Oh, I totally see what they're doing there. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That yep, is yep, yep, fascinating. Yep. Very well, that cool. Was, that was that. <laughs> as I said, I, uh, I if I had known we were, we were using a totally new a totally new technology, I would have had those loaded up differently. But hey, right here we are. We can. How we are you gonna? How are you gonna know? That's great. So Katie just saw this show or this parade for the very first time last Thursday. Yes. And. You've seen in person Festival of Fantasy, is that correct? In in Florida, yeah. you've seen uh, Pixar Play Parade. Mm -hmm. You've now seen this and the two night parades. Um, is that correct for all your parades that you've seen in person? Uh, yeah. I mean, I've also not in person. I've seen Celebrate. Okay. Yeah. So so how does this rate compared to all of them? This one's really good. Um. I know, like, this is one of the best. It's hard for me to say it's my favorite without having seen it in person. Um, but the show stops, the magic. I, it was very funny. I did my best and I succeeded uh, on Thursday to not cry. Um, when so disappointing. The, well, <laughs> I, I couldn't cry. Um, but when the finale unit did their show stop and it was the Walt Disney speech and I was like, Ooh, cheap shot, but very good. It works really it well. Works. Um, I think that it is the, 
like parade of showing when you do everything right, when you do show stops right, when you do music right, when you do performers right. Um, it's a really darn good parade. And my new thing is I need to go back and watch all the show stops because the only show stop I have seen is the finale unit. Well, and that brings up an interesting thing is I have a huge pile of these sitting in my office, which I don't know if you guys know what they are, but they're, they're mini digital video cassettes. And I will have a, uh, a way to digitize these later this week, we're hoping. And, um, and on one of these cassette tapes, I actually have every show stop because we went in and filmed them all. And we had them on our old YouTube channel that has disappeared. <laughs> and um, it was a major bummer. Um, but we are going to try to get as many of those videos as we possibly can, and we'll get them up on the site. And uh, I think they'll actually be higher quality today um, taking them off than, depending on degradation, um, than they were uh, 15 years ago. Um, Angela says in the chat, I feel like Parade of Dreams is the benchmark we judge all other parades against. It was so good. Absolutely yeah. correct. Um, very quickly, let's go around the square. What was your favorite uh, unit from the Parade of Dreams? Um, ladies first, Katie. I don't know which way to point, but you know. <laughs> Uh, I really liked the finale unit, but I also really loved the Beauty and the Beast unit because there was full-on silverware doing cartwheels, which is not something you would see in a Disney park today, at least not in domestic park. You might see it in Disneyland Paris. Who knows? Uh, but I saw them do a cartwheel, and I fully was like, what is happening? They had some really good stuff. Cameron, favorite unit? Uh, is the one that had... Yeah, I've seen it. Okay. Is this the one that had the walking hat and gloves, or was that a different one? Different one. Different one. Okay, then it's going to have to be uh, the um, this is the one with Merlin in it. This is the one that had Merlin previous to the current one that has Merlin in it. Uh, he was a sun hat in a while. It had Geppetto. It had um, Fairy Godmother. Little Mermaid. It had Lion King. I'm getting, I'm getting all the parades mixed up in my head. Uh, the, the Lion King unit was great, and they've reused that element in other parades since, so it's also the one I'm most familiar with, so I'm going to go Lion King. Excellent choice. Doug, what was your favorite unit? Well, as much as I like the tea table trampoline in the <laughs> Alice in Wonderland section, yes. I mean, that was a great concept. Uh, I have to say it was the whole Pinocchio unit. A, oh, Pinocchio is really? my favorite classic. B, the giant, horrifying, terrifying Geppetto as a marionette, and the dolls were the human dancers. And then uh, the bungee jumping dolls, you remember, bouncing mm -hmm. up and down. They were in the clip. Which actually was super cool. Were a very super cool. And then, of course, one other very strange thing. Don't ask me why, but one of the dancing, there were two dancing dolls that were yep. actual dolls. The male dancers danced the dolls around. Yeah. One of those dolls lived in my house for a while and then went and joined some friends of mine. And if you want to see what she's been up to lately, you can follow her on Facebook. Her <laughs> Facebook page, yes, her Facebook page is Fran Doll, F-R-A-N D-O-L-L, Fran Doll. See what Fran Doll from the Parade of Dreams has been up to in the I last few years. Chat. Yes. There we go. Awesome. Um, other highlights from the 50th, obviously, were the fireworks, which were absolutely amazing, mm. especially in their original incarnation with <laughs> the full, was that 16, 18 minutes long? It was 
uh, the most impressive fireworks show I think you've ever seen. Um, I'm going to hop in, throw uh, Jenny up on the on the chat there real quick. The favorite unit is Pinocchio, which is where Mr. Daps and I watched across the street from each other and Lion King unit for the bird show stop. Katie will love that. And, and that was flying, yes. the spinning birds. I actually think that was one of the most impressive things that they they did in that parade because that was just ridiculously um, awesome and uh, and really just fun. Like this was a parade that anybody like it had so many different styles and things added in it. Anybody that watched this parade was going to find something they liked. I think and in characters as well. And uh, it's it's weird to think that it was 15 years ago that we were first introduced to it. And uh, who knew? Yeah, right. Um, all right. Well, let's let's keep moving on because uh, we, we're already over time, but we'll just keep going anyway. It'll be fine. Um, Cameron got to do something really cool this week. And uh, this is something that I think you've talked about for years, if, if I'm correct, Cameron. But what did you do very quickly and how are people going to be able to see it? Well, the trick to making mayonnaise at home is it's, it's much easier than you would think it is. The other thing. Um, Oh, right. I got to interview uh, a very cool dude by the name of Don Carson, who I think would not take umbrage to me calling him a dude. He can correct me if you'd like. Um, Don is uh, a former Imagineer and theme park uh, designer and attractions designer and also just one of the coolest artist people I know. Um he began in a lot of uh, 2D uh, design work stuff and was one of the first adapters for using 3D and VR and a lot of video game technology as a design tool rather than just a novelty. Uh, so he's one of the, the frontline folks for that. Um, it's a privilege to call the guy a friend, uh, and I got to have uh, a conversation with him for what I thought was going to be 15 minutes and ended up being closer to 40, uh, about uh, the process of building building a dark ride from scratch. Um, Don's been involved in this for uh, decades in his career, and uh, it's a process not a lot of folks get to learn about because so much of it is uh, kept away, either because they're trying to keep it from the public for the time or simply many things never reach the light of day and are held under NDA contract where they can't talk about it. So Don's taken a really interesting process and um, has put it step-by-step over the course of the last month uh, and has been sharing what it's like to design a dark ride from initial idea to the logic of actually putting it all together. And he's getting very near the finish of the process. So we chatted about what that process is like and how it relates to the process of everything he's done in the past. Um, some of you, uh, not some of you, almost everyone who's watching will recognize his work at Disney in that he was uh, the designer of Toontown, creative uh, lead on that and uh, the creative lead for uh the Splash Mountain attraction at Walt Disney World. Uh, those are all his concepts, and um, it's so it's something that he's intimately familiar with, and it's really cool to see the process and how it actually works. And also, he's just one of the nicest, most conversational people in the entire world. So um, that is going to be premiering tomorrow at 7 p.m., I think is what we have that slotted as. Um, and so that'll be premiering right here on YouTube. The link is available at uh, dapsmagic.com. Uh, there will be an article going live pretty soon that'll have that link to it. And you can find it on our socials and a bunch of other places because I won't stop talking about it. Uh, but tomorrow, <laughs> at 7, tomorrow at 7 p.m., uh, chat with Don Carson. And probably the coolest thing about that conversation is that uh, he also gave us permission to share uh, a lot of his process uh, visually. So you will get to see some of his art, him actually making it. 
it. You get to do a virtual reality ride through of this conceptual attraction as far as it's come. Uh, so just really cool stuff that you'll get to experience. And and that will be at seven o'clock. We'll have a premiere going, so uh, you'll be able to interact with. Uh, I think Cameron, we're going to put you on it so you can interact with people since you were actually there. And then I won't pretend I know things I don't. And uh, <laughs> you know, sometimes I do, but if I don't have to, I'd rather not. But uh, it'll be a great interview. It'll be fun to see, and uh, we'll have that up on our YouTube channel. So don't miss that. Um, another thing that that we have, we're going to keep this uh, fairly short, just because we are running a little bit over on time. Is a done, I know it's it's the era of staying home anyway, so people it's don't care. It's buddy. So Doug went back in time thirty years and uh, and shared about one man's dream this month on uh, on uh, uh, thirty years ago at Disneyland, and um, and I think I might have seen this once actually, Doug. As I was going through it, it's like I'm pretty sure I saw it on one of my trips to California. Um, because I wasn't quickly, it only ran from December of 89 through April of 90. And I think I saw it in December. And um, I think it was it was either December or right at the beginning in January as I was going through my right. stuff. And well, I loved the show so much that I, I wanted to keep it forever. And so I have right here. And there it is. You talk about your mini discs that you're going to have to or your mini. Cassettes. It's exactly this it. Is, this is Just one smaller. man's dream, and it also has Pleasure Island on it. So, so is that what you were uh, taking the screenshots off of? Uh, I would like, yes, yes, I was. Okay. I'm just going to say that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> won't won't go into a lot about about the show because the, the show is running short. But one section, you, you'll read a lot about it on the. Yeah, go to the blog. Go to yeah, the blog you, you and should read, read the it. Blog and all about it. But exactly. One thing that I think it's kind of fun is when we came to the section about all the Disney princesses. And, you know, today, how many are there? What, 132 of them, I believe? A million, yeah. There's, there's a, a battalion of Disney princesses. But in 1990, there were three. Three mm. Disney princesses. And forever, it had been Snow White, Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty. And so you could do a very expansive section and feature each of them. And you didn't that have to bring in Belle and Ariel and, you know, start ticking off the list of Giselle and uh, Mulan is not a princess, by the way. I'm sorry, Mulan is not. Pocahontas <laughs> is, but Mulan. Anyway, that uh, that was the they changed their minds, huh? <laughs> when I came to it, I said, "Oh, it's the Disney princess section," and there are three of them. So that 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 was fun. That is very. It was a fun read, and it was fun um, because it was one of those things. You and I were talking about this the other day is it was such a short run and you think of the amount of choreography in this and the, it's a fairly large cast and like, that's a lot of work for and a, and a lot of scenery. There were daytime pyrotechnics in the show. They actually shot yeah. fireworks at the end, which they didn't in Japan. By the way, the show ran over 10 years in Tokyo and inspired a second edition. Wow. And here it was just because which is they crazy to have something. To how fast they yeah. turn things over there too. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 Huh. So they wanted to have something between the uh, the kids dancing uh, and the show that was to follow, which I will be covering in June because it opened in June of 1990. And what was that next show? Or you will we'll wait I for will June. Be covering that. In we June. will. We'll see in June. It opened in June. You guys probably know what it was. What was it? Uh, Lester's Possum Park. <laughs> Absolutely, it was it was a tribute to Amer to all countries, but mostly America. No, I it wish was, uh, it was actually 
it was it was it was a very important show because it was and I've been researching this and I'm going to be sure that I'm right about this in June. It was the first Disney stage show that was built around a single entertainment property. It was the first time that they cross-promoted a show that was the movie itself was in the theaters, the show was on the stage. It was this whole idea of the Disney synergy that was becoming more and more relentless. Is this the one that also and ended up moving over to a carnation? Or they did an incarnation? No. At, no, okay. No, not at the same time, no. Uh, okay. That would be two years later, I want to say. Okay. Uh, this one this one was expected to become one of Disney's major franchises, a tentpole show. It was the vanity project of a major Hollywood film star. It was beset I am by intrigued. problems at the beginning. And then it was, unfortunately, a box office dud, despite the fact it had one of the single biggest most shining stars that was in Hollywood at the time, singing in the movie, not on the stage show, of course. And uh, uh, the stage show itself ran for exactly one summer, and then it was gone. Huh. I can't wait to, to read this. Hm. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, if I had, in June, I'll have the, the mug with me. Okay. That will, that will tell you. But I anyway, can't wait. It, yeah, and, 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 and it, it really paved the way for so many shows that followed. Spirit of Pocahontas. Uh, Beauty right. and the Beast, and of course that then led to Disney theatricals, and so this show, even though it's pretty much largely forgotten, it's really uh, at the time who knew it was a really significant stage show. I cannot wait to read this. This is gonna be great. Cool. <laughs> uh, that's great. When I was nine years old. <laughs> um, speaking of nine years old, Katie, there you go. Wow. Oh, my gosh. All right. So make sure to uh, stop by Daft's Magic and check out Doug's current uh, Dis- uh, 30 years ago in Disneyland. And next month's going to be I'm really intrigued by this. Um, one other thing. We got to hit a little Star Wars because that's not next month. That's June. We have that is next through. month. No. Well, well, OK, I'm sorry. I still oh. have to do this month. Okay, so month. I'm going to okay, count so it as next month still. Um, so we have to hit a little Star Wars because yesterday Star was Wars. Star Wars Day and today is Revenge of the Fifth. And and we wouldn't be doing our do geekdom if, if we didn't hit this a little bit. And uh, with the May 4th day came out a lot of Star Wars stuff on Disney+. Plus. Um, and... And really, all of it was awesome. And we could go into Clone Wars, but we won't um, because I could do an entire show by myself on that one um, because I was just so... That was some... I will say one thing. The last episode of Clone Wars might be some of the best Star Wars that has ever graced my TV screen. And uh, they did a fantastic job with that, but we're not going to talk about it because... And you've seen the Donnie and Marie Osmond Star Wars special. <laughs> still Don't forget the Muppets also. Um, but uh, The Mandalorian got a docuseries that started yesterday called Disney Gallery The Mandalorian, which makes me think it's the first of multiple... Yeah, first part of eight. Yeah, um, it is. I think there's going to be other Disney galleries that we're uh, privy to in the future. And um, has everybody seen this or, or have an awareness? Did you get to watch it, everybody? Yeah. Sorry, I've been binge watching prop culture. Uh, that's allowed too. I, I've from what <laughs> I've also seen, watched all of that. <laughs> Excellent. So uh, we'll quickly. Hit, have you watched The Mandalorian though, Doug? Not yet. Okay. No. You're going. You're going to hey, need to. Hey. You've got homework now. I kid you not. Last night, I finally watched Rise of Skywalker. Oh, well, that's good. So, that's a good no, step. 
And to, to which I will say, my, my thumbnail description, it's a very long movie. Okay, mm-hmm. that's all. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Disney Gallery, uh, The Mandalorian, is a docuseries. It's going through the different aspects of the making of The Mandalorian. And my takeaway from the first episode is I really want to go back and rewatch The Mandalorian because this documentary was so ridiculously fun and good. My other thing that I walked away from it is... Um, Dave Filoni is like the new Star Wars everything. And this was supposed to be a John Favreau show, I thought. And I was like, well, Dave Filoni was the star. And, and with that, I'm going to step aside for a second. And um, Katie, do you want to talk about what your thoughts very quickly on the Disney Gallery was? And then Cameron. Yes, I actually watched it twice today. I watched it once. Wow, it was that good, huh? <laughs> I watched it once as homework. And then my dad came home from the post office and I was like, hey, do you want to watch this thing? So we watched it again together. Um, I love it. I love it all. Um, I love how much fun they're having as the round table. I like the format of the round table. Um, I just I just love the whole thing. I did not know uh, um, how much Dave Filoni worked on before Clone Wars. Like, I had no idea the giant projects he was a part of. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was also just fun to see Taika Waititi be Taika Waititi. So... <laughs> he was amazing. It was... My favorite thing was the cutaway from the round table just for Taika Waititi to say, I hated this. Oh, everyone yeah. Was yeah. Yeah, just... Uh, everyone was amateur. I don't like Bryce Dallas Howard. Um, and everyone sucked. And like, it, it was just, really like, funny. As there's B-roll of him wearing a hat that says Yas while he's drinking a Smirnoff ice. Like, it's, uh-huh. yeah, it was, it, was, it was so, it just, it was Taika Waititi being Taika Waititi, which I thought yeah. was genius. Uh, I just totally love was. that they cut away from the format that they had agreed to just for Taika Waititi to have this cut away to be like, I hate this. And the same day that this is released where we get this really fun moment with Kim, we find out he's also co-writing and directing a new Star Wars film, which Uh I think is a brilliant choice as well. Um, Cameron, what did you think of this docu-series that we've seen so far? And uh, you might as well talk about him getting a movie, too. Yeah. Um, So before I hit Watiti, which I would never because he's a precious angel. I don't know if I believe that you might do it if he told you to. Just slap him right in the face out of respect. <laughs> um, yeah, I uh, quick shout out to Deborah Chow, who actually oh, yeah. directed, I think, my favorite episodes of The Mandalorian. Yeah. Um, simply because she has a grasp of uh, interpersonal relationships that uh, I think some of the others don't struggle with, but it's just not their strength. And she, she has a grasp of making that work. Um, so all respect to her that I think this was my first experience with her directorial work. Um, and I, am excited because she is also connected to some future star Wars stuff. So I'm excited to see what is coming from her in the future as well. Um, and also just seeing Bryce Dallas Howard on screen and my wife going, is that Ron Howard's kid? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. I guess it makes sense. Like, yeah, look at the hair. I, it's, it's I loved how giddy she was the whole time. She was like, do you, do you see it? Do you see it? You know, an interesting <laughs> thing, too, with her was the amount of impact that clearly Jurassic Park made on her yeah. life. Because yeah. it kept coming up. And I was just like, wow, you're a bigger Jurassic Park fan than any of us. Well, and, and then she did Jurassic World, correct? Yeah. 
Yeah. She wore heels the whole time on her choice. And ran away. Didn't understand. And then she talked about it. And then I understood. It's great. I adore Um, her. Yep. But Taika Waititi, who is a precious star child and New Zealand's (laughs) gift to America, um, is so he. I enjoyed him in the Mandalorian conversation because I've also been watching uh, What We Do in the Shadows, which he writes uh, with Jermaine Clement, who is his co-writer on a lot of stuff. Um, and you get to see where the Mandalorian humor is that he is definitely contributing because um, he has a very distinct style. And it's very fun to, to watch that because it works very well in universe. But speaking to a movie, um, he has a knack for uh, something very particular, which is endearing humor, in that it's not, it's not that the the humor is funny, and it's some of the funniest stuff you'll see in your life. Um, he personally directed the uh, slapping the child scene, um, for example. <laughs> um, but not only that, but he does humor in such a way that he's able to uh, connect you to the characters in a very interesting way, which has really been the strength of Star Wars. Because Star Wars is, mm-hmm. it's not. It's about space and fancy lights and stuff, but it's about people. Uh, any good story is about people, and Taika Waititi's way of presenting humor is about representing relationships and how they impact each other. So I'm excited to see when he has a little bit more control to kind of pull those narrative threads. And most importantly, uh, Taika Waititi is a huge nerd for continuity, which is my favorite thing ever. Uh, and is really needed in the Star Wars universe. There are actually people who work at Lucasfilm that are called the Keepers of the Holocrons, and it's a job I want. Um, Their job is literally to come onto a project and say, yes, that's factually accurate for Star Wars. No, that's not factually accurate for Star Wars. Greatest job ever. Um, But that's how his mind works. And in some of his longer serial stuff, he is much more... Um, he'll make reference to stuff that was eight episodes ago in some of the serial stuff. And you're like, where's that coming from? So having the reins of a full movie is going to be really fun to see how he connects all the threads. I can't wait to see what he does. I would also like to say that one of my favorite things when they're talking about Taiko Atiti is that he finds the humor in the action, but he doesn't make fun of the action. Yes. Um, which I think is a very delicate fun. line to teeter. And I think that some people think that they are doing one thing, but they're actually doing the other. Um, and my favorite line came out of it is that uh, the Mandalorian doesn't take itself 100% seriously, but it does believe in itself. Believe in itself. I I literally wrote that down after Me he too. said it on the screen. It's the best line. Uh, well, and I sent it I sent it to Mr. Daps immediately after watching it. I was like, is this not the motto of Daps Magic? Like we we don't take itself we don't take ourselves 100% seriously. We do believe in ourselves. Like we we're never down on ourselves at all. Uh, and I just, I thought that was like my favorite thing. And that's very Taika Waititi period. And that's kind of that sentence Ta- encapsulates why Taika I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> 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 that encapsulates why I'm excited to see a movie from him because Star Wars doesn't need to take itself seriously. It just needs to have heart. So, and it will be fun. All right. Well, I don't think we can end on anything better than that. So, you should go to thegeekscorner.com. That is thegeekscorner.com. It is the website you may be watching this on right now. If you're not, you're probably on YouTube. But good news, thegeekscorner.com has all of these videos in one place, conveniently at the location, thegeekscorner.com. Go to dapsmagic.com. Check out all the Disney and geek news as it happens. Find Doug's article about 30 years ago in Disneyland and see all the really cool pictures and videos and all those things that are in store. Also, subscribe to our mailing list. You don't miss any of it. And find our Patreon. 
and make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel so that you don't miss any of the uh, retro videos we have coming up. We also have got uh, Cameron's interview coming up tomorrow night, 7 o'clock. Don't miss that as well. But I think we have new stuff scheduled pretty much every day for the next two weeks. So, and, and, and it's the most important thing. Hey, great. Say it again. <laughs> I couldn't. D&D on Thursday. Oh, and D&D. Thursday night we will be playing Daps and Dragons, so uh, don't miss that right. as well. Um, right. It'll be a slightly different time because I have to work, but uh, that's okay. This is all the time we have for you tonight, so we Bye-bye, will all. see you around the corner. Bye-bye.